This is episode 136 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we get to today's episode, I'm excited to share that I'm adding two new postpartum recovery bonuses to my Bump to Birth course by the end of August 2020. Enrollment continues to be open, but join before midnight on September 4th to get the course and new bonuses at the current price before it goes up on September 5th, 2020. One new bonus is a six-week postpartum recovery exercise series, so you'll have guidance on pelvic floor and core rehab and retraining exercises and tips to help you feel more supported during each week of your initial postpartum recovery. The second new postpartum bonus is a postpartum meditation created by Mitsutsi Stone, who is a labor and delivery nurse, doula, and mindset coach. This meditation is helpful not only for your recovery after birth, but also your transition to motherhood. Also recently, by popular demand, I've permanently included my partner labor prep workshop in the Bump to Birth course, so your partner can also feel prepared with strategies to support you during birth and your postpartum recovery. If you're not familiar with Bump to Birth, it's my online program that guides you step-by-step to understand and connect with your pelvic floor and core in pregnancy, strategies to prepare your mind and pelvic floor for labor, how to support you and your pelvic floor during pushing, and a recovery plan for your first six weeks postpartum. The program has demonstration videos and downloadable audio lessons, plus handouts to complement each lesson. The course includes a bonus private members-only Facebook group where you can ask questions, plus I do live Q&A sessions every other week, so you get the support you want and need during pregnancy and postpartum. Other bonuses include expert interviews, online pelvic floor and core yoga class, as well as strength training workouts that can be used in pregnancy and postpartum, plus a pregnancy and labor meditation audio track that includes pelvic floor relaxation cues so you can also prepare mentally for birth. So if you're ready to feel prepared physically and mentally for birth, plus get a head start on your postpartum recovery, join me and many other expecting moms in the Bump to Birth course. To get started today, head to the show notes or head to bumptobirthcourse.com. So welcome back to another episode of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Anita here. And today I'm excited to have a special guest join me, Mitsutsi Stone, who is a virtual doula, a birth mindset coach, and a labor and delivery nurse. Her passion for birth and coaching, expecting families, comes from her background as a labor and delivery registered nurse with a love for education. 
She believes every family should have the birth experience they desire, and her goal is to get you to that place through mindfulness practice. She's here to serve your family with a heart of compassion and loving kindness. I met Mitt when she went through my bump to birth course, and so she wanted to take it to become more educated about the pelvic floor and core in pregnancy, in preparation for birth, and recovery to help support her pregnant clients. So welcome to the podcast, Mitt. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Anita. So let's, you know, before we jump into questions, can you share a bit more about yourself, about your background? So, you know, everything from an L&D nurse, being a doula and a birth mindset coach. Sure. So um, first of all, I'm from Jamaica. That's where I originated from. Um, I came to the United States and studied nursing. I graduated in 2013 and I became a labor and delivery nurse in 2014. Um, as a doula, I went through the Mama Glow doula program. So I've done both the postpartum and birth um, certification for my doula program. So I do both. Um, back in nursing school, I only loved my OB rotation. It's the only clinical, the only class that I just breezed through that I really loved. Um, and so from then I decided I wanna be a labor and delivery nurse. It's the only nurse that I wanna be. And so I started my career in New York City. And from there, that's when I was introduced to the doula world. Um, I saw, I was working in a city hospital and I saw patients coming in with this support person that wasn't their partner and I was like, who is this person massaging this lady, rubbing her feet? What does she do? And that's how I discovered doulas and their role and how they supported families. Um, in nursing school, they don't teach you positioning for labor. They don't teach you the holistic approach to birth. And just interacting with doulas on the job, that's when I started exploring the world, reading more about the spiritual holistic side of birth. And... Um, that I found this book called um, Mindful Birthing. And it's by, I'm gonna mess her name up. Nancy Bardock, Bardak, I think, Nancy Bardock. And I was really just drawn to that, really pulled into the mindfulness aspect of it and how, and it made me think about how could I use this to help my laboring patients at work. Yeah, no, I, I love hearing how all of those different, you know, roles within the birth world came together for you and kind of the, um, how they came together in the timing. So why don't we, let's go first into mindfulness, because I know that is a, a central part of the work that you do. Mm -hmm. So can you first share, you know, what is mindfulness and what are the benefits in pregnancy and birth? Yeah. So the best way for me to break down mindfulness is mindfulness is a state of intentional, non-judgmental non focus on the present moment. It, it's um, the techniques of mindfulness are usually incorporated with other practices such as yoga and meditation. So it's being present in the moment and just using different practices to help build and strengthen um, your mindfulness practice. Um, some of the elements of mindfulness that, that uh, we focus on is awareness, 
acceptance, um, being observant, um, focusing on the present moment, like I said. And yeah, it's just learning to be here and enjoying the present moment as it is. Yeah, and I can see how that, you know, especially with birth really ties in because I find it's so often in labor, you can really get ahead of yourself thinking, you know, how long is this going to last? How many more contractions? Mm -hmm. And the importance of being able to be in the present moment, be in that contraction or between that one, I find the mindset side of birth is so key. So that tying that in together, I know like your clients and patients, I'm sure, you know, really appreciate how you coach them through that because it's so needed, especially during the actual event of birth. So I'm wondering, um, did you see, like before you added the mindfulness and the doula work, um, when you were a labor and delivery nurse, did you see people using mindfulness uh, during birth itself? Um, so no, I, I didn't see anyone using mindfulness. And that is why I was so drawn into the book, because I just thought that there was this, yes, people were teaching positioning and how to breathe. But then there was just this lack of women, women were still losing control and not being able to stay right here, right now in this moment, in this contraction, and just accepting it for what it is. And what I did see is a lot of hypnobirthing, and that was very interesting to me too. But mindfulness really pulled me in. Mm -hmm. And would you, what are the differences that you see? So whether you're someone's labor and delivery nurse, or you're there as someone's doula, what do you see the difference between the people who did prepare mentally for birth versus those who didn't kind of focus on that part in pregnancy? So for me, what I've noticed with people who have prepared mentally for um, labor is just the environment. Like when you walk into their labor room, you could feel the calm, you could feel the peace, and you could feel the openness and acceptance to labor. It's, it's not a resistant energy. It's just here I am, this is what it is, and this is how I'm going to meet my baby. And for me, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome to see. Um, families who mentally prepare, they are, you see, you see more of a bond and uh, bonding between the partners. And um, the dads, too, they become present in the moment, and they're more helpful in, in supporting their partner um throughout this time yeah that's one i'm sure that's amazing to see and do you find also too because i find the mental prep for birth also plays in a role to the physical aspects of birth so do you even see progress you know maybe is a bit different if someone has mentally prepared so they've been able to surrender and let go versus someone who's kind of really hanging on to them the um not distracted during birth, but yeah, just isn't able to fully let go and relax, how you mentioned. Yes. Um, so birth is all about hormones, right? And we need to be able to produce oxytocin. And so when you're mindfully prepared, it's like you're in a state of more happiness and peace and calm. And therefore, you're able to dilate and open up more and let the process happen. And even if it's happening and it's it's still a long labor and maybe it's like 24 hours or more woman, these women who are laboring they they have that inner strength and that drive to continue going 
even if it's not progressing rapidly very fast like you see on tv they're just they have that mental stamina that's needed for birth yeah and yeah and i feel like there's so many aspects right that people can use it for i know um clients and within the bump to birth course because there's a pregnancy meditation people have used that especially on the drive to the hospital or mm -hmm. to the birth center or if you're at home listening to it i know i listened i did hypnobirthing and used more of the um, affirmation and meditation side to it and I find it just yeah it keeps you present as you mentioned like any any spots in labor that it can keep you present which is amazing and for you to be able to to witness that so often through your work I'm sure is incredible how do you find mindfulness is helpful after giving birth so mindfulness is yeah it's not only for childbirth it's actually a life skill it could it could definitely help you in postpartum when you think of like breastfeeding, especially in the initial stage when you're trying to um, get your milk supply together or you want your milk supply to kick in, um, mindfulness really helps because once again, it's all about hormones when it comes to milk production. And mindfulness practice helps you to be present, to be calm and allow oxytocin and prolactin to flow through your body. It helps you um, to even keep your, your baby calm. And so mindfulness is very helpful during that time. And just like with um, childbirth, not the contractions, the sensations of contraction, it's not enjoyable. It's not fun. And sometimes breastfeeding can be the same where it's, it's painful and it's hard. It's difficult. And with mindfulness, you know, your baby becomes your new mindfulness teacher. Like you, you learn to look at your baby, bond with your baby, find calm and peace with your baby. And that will help with the latching. It will help with the good hormones that you need for breastfeeding. So it could definitely be um, transitioned over into your postpartum period. I love that. And I love how you mentioned with feeding, like whether nursing or however you're feeding your baby to uh, to be using mindfulness can be really helpful for both you and for baby. It also helps with um, relationship relationships. It, it helps you with your relationship with your partner because you learn to stop and pause and really think about um, how you're reacting to a person. It helps you to think, um, how are we supporting each other in this present moment? What is needed right now to fix this problem that we're having? And it allows us to um, extend loving kindness to ourselves and grace to ourselves. It helps us to acknowledge every feeling associated with postpartum and know that it's okay. And it's right now and it will pass and a new feeling will come. And that's really beneficial when you extend that grace to yourself. I love that. And I think so many listeners are going to appreciate hearing that, whether you're pregnant or you're postpartum. Mm -hmm. And I love all the mindfulness work you do. So I'm so excited that a new postpartum meditation that you created is now going to be added to the Bump to Birth course. So if you're listening to this live, it will be added to the Bump to Birth course next week. But if you're listening to after that, then it will already be a bonus in the postpartum module. And I listened to it recently and it is, it's so wonderful. So I recommend people in the course listening to it. Yeah. When you're feeding your baby after or any points going to sleep, anything like that, because like Mint mentioned, you know, being able to relax your body, you know, 
relax your mind in a way um, can just have so many benefits postpartum. So can you dive into now your virtual doula work and kind of share more of what that looks like? Yeah. So my virtual doula work is very interesting. Like I sat on this idea for a couple of years before this pandemic happened and then all of a sudden, boom, it's a thing. So yay. <laughs> people now think that virtual doula work um, can work. At first people are like, oh, that's weird. Um, but for me, education is very important. Um, it's my passion. And so a lot of my um, virtual doula work is educating families. Um, I educate you on the process of childbirth. I educate you on how you could work through pregnancy, the postpartum period. And so education is key for me when it comes to that. We learn via Zoom. It's all live virtual for the um, virtual doula stuff. Um, we work on affirmations. We work on building confidence during um, the pregnancy so that you will be ready when it comes for giving birth. So um, I also work with moms for a longer period of time. I like to get my moms around 32 weeks and build a relationship with them and um, build a friendship with them and their partners and just help them guide them through that process. I don't really have a specific framework. What I do is I interview my clients and I see where they're at. I see their needs and their wants. And then I work, I sit and I prepare something specifically for that family. That's my approach. That's how I do it. That's amazing. And I love how it's so tailored to the birthing person. And if they have a partner that you just really tailor it to, to what they need, what the birth, what their preferences are what birth they're looking for. And I was curious, do you end up being a virtual doula for people who give birth at the hospital you work at as an L&D nurse? No, so I have not had that. No, I think the population that I work with at work is, I have not, I've probably seen two doulas where I'm at currently. I'm a travel nurse, so I'm always all over. I'm not in one location. So where I'm at currently, no, I don't have anybody delivering there. Okay. No, that's really, that's really neat. I didn't realize that you're actually a travel nurse. So you're at different, different, at different hospitals. Then. Yeah. So this is why I thought about the virtual work because I wanted to teach, I wanted to educate, empower women, but I also needed a full-time job. <laughs> so uh, this, yeah. So I'm never in one place for very long. Yeah. And then can you share, cause I know a lot of our listeners are probably wondering, I know I got this question a lot is, so what, are the differences and the similarities between a labor and delivery nurse and a doula? Yeah. So there is like a vast range of differences when it comes to um, your labor nurse and your doula. Um, first of all, just um, who these people work for. So your nurse works for the hospital and your doula specifically works for you. Um, so, Nurses are often constrained by hospitals, policies, and procedures, and so that's where most of the energy is placed. Am I following the policies and procedure? Whereas your doula works directly for the client, so your doula specifically listens to your needs and your wants and try to make that happen for you as much as possible, right? So when it comes to who they work for, that's 
that's the main difference. Um, when it comes to support, your nurse is going to be more of a medical support. And then your doula is going to be, is going to be more of a physical and emotional support for you. Right. So what does that look like? Um, Take, for instance, during an early labor, right? Your nurse is going to be like, oh, yeah, we have IV pain medications that you could get to help you cope with early labor. Whereas your doula is going to be like, hey, let's get up and go for a walk. Let me massage your feet. Let me rub your back. And so that's, that's, that's a huge difference when it comes to how you want to, to um, labor and the type of support that you want, right? And then one is very personal one is very impersonal so your doula is very personal you get to interview interview your doula you get to pick who you want to work with you get to know if there's a vibe if there's a connection if you guys are on the same path um whether or not your doula will um be able to fulfill your birth plan when it comes to your nurse it's like oh yeah you have a birth plan yay let's see what i could check off this birth plan what we can what we can't do you know what i mean like it's automatically um like shut down basically and um nurses we change shift every 12 hours so you have a different person every 12 hours coming in and sometimes even in that 12 hours you have two different nurses working with the same person depending on how busy the unit is right and the nurses even though we are great at juggling you really don't have time to sit in a room and have a conversation and build that relationship so doulas are really there for that personal feel and that support yeah, yeah I think that's helpful for people to hear you know, what you found to be the differences being in both roles and I'm curious you know since adding the doula training um, after you had become an L&D nurse, how is your, how you go about being a labor and delivery nurse? How has that changed or are there things you've added in to what you typically did before? Okay, so if I'm supposed to be 100% honest with you, right now it's just really hard to be a, a labor nurse. Um, I get so frustrated at work sometimes because that holistic approach to birth, that spiritual approach to birth is just not there in the hospital. Um, it's not something that's reverent or, or respected. I don't know. So I find myself getting very frustrated at work because things that I want to do for my patients, I can't. Um, and so I am really hoping for the day to come where I can just really focus and just be a doula and just live in that world. Um, but being a doula has also given me given me more knowledge on like birthing positions and how to help make my patient more comfortable. Um, even the peanut ball, they don't teach you how to use the peanut ball as a labor and delivery nurse, right? And now I have my patients in all these different positions, like, okay, the head's high. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Okay, all right. Yeah, even with pushing, I used to be counting one to ten push 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 now i look at my patient um tell me what you want do you want me to count do you not want me to count you do not have to hold that breath just let it go and push again you know what i mean like you i'm now more keen to my patients and listening to them and let, letting them have a say like how they want to push and yeah it's really opened up my eyes to a whole different world that i appreciate now <laughs> 
Thank you for sharing all of that. I know I, I appreciate hearing your experience and I know our listeners will as well. Mm-hmm. And so recently it's become more known to white people and non-black people of color that in the U.S., black women are three to four times more likely to experience a pregnancy-related death than a white woman. The maternal mortality rate for black women is 42.8 per 100,000 versus 13 per 100,000 for white women. Research has shown it's not race at the genetic level, and it's not education, and it's not the presence or absence of prenatal care, and it's not socioeconomic status causing these numbers. It's due to racism and chronic oppression. So Mitt, could you speak to this from your experience as a Black mother and as a Black birth professional being a labor and delivery nurse and a doula? Racism is very much a real thing. It's real in the hospital. It's real in the workplace. Um, I could speak on both aspects. But um, as a nurse, when it comes to... um, seeing black women walk into the hospital the first thing you'll hear is oh they're not educated they're not this they're not that this is what happened it's like no this lady has a phd what are you talking about you know what i mean um i'll get handoff reports from nurses oh the family was so difficult it was so hard to deal with this family and you walk into the room it's the sweetest black couple is the sweetest black family and it happens because people don't take the time to become culturally aware and learn how different cultures and different people interact and so when they don't understand that then it affects how you care for a patient you're not in the room watching that patient as much as you should be you're not building a relationship with that patient and trying to understand um you're not advocating for that patient as much with the doc um versus um with the doctor and trying to figure out like okay you're only giving the patient option a how about we also explore option b and c you're not gonna do that because first of all in the back of your head you think this is a difficult patient because you don't understand how they interact you don't understand the culture and so that's a real thing and so women are not being listened to um i've seen where providers they treat women differently based on their race so if a person is a part of their race a part of their religious practices they'll have more patience with that um that client that patient but when they have a black patient it's like oh she's not progressing fast enough we're just gonna do a c-section this isn't working this isn't happening let's go and it's just that but we haven't tried oh no I'm making the decision I'm the doctor and so this is why I think it's so important for women to have providers who look like them providers who can identify with their culture um it's also important to get you somebody to advocate for you during birth and this is where your doula steps in because your doula will fight for you your doula will try to ensure that everything that's done for you is done appropriately and safely, right? Not that your nurse isn't advocating for you, but like I said, policies and procedures, and you take orders from your doctor as a nurse, right? There's only so much you could fight for that patient and say for that patient. And doctors drive fear into patients like it's a real thing. 
You know what I mean? They'll tell you, oh, your baby's going to die if you don't make this decision. And once that fear is placed in that woman's head, she no longer wants to hear options about what she could do. Um, so it's very important to educate yourself. Get you a person who will um, fight for you and advocate for you during birth. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, sharing your experiences and what you see also like in the professional world. Mm -hmm. And so are you able to share a bit about your own birth experience and kind of how that shapes how you how how your work is today as well? Yeah, so um my birth experience um during pregnancy I had a uncomplicated pregnancy like I didn't even have morning sickness I didn't even know I was pregnant till I was like nine weeks um so pregnancy was fine my birthing experience I was induced at 40 weeks I was not a labor and delivery nurse I was just going along with everything that my doctor said and my mom do not get an epidural I'm from the Caribbean it's your back's gonna hurt every woman here has a baby without an epidural you can do it and so I didn't get an epidural, um, and I wasn't prepared to handle the pain and what labor was. And so I think what I did was I pushed the whole experience in the back of my head. Like, I don't remember what my birth, what my laboring was. I don't remember the experience. All I know is that I pushed for three hours because somebody told me I pushed for three hours. <laughs> and... So I wasn't prepared. Um, I just remember holding my son. I looked at him and I was I gave him to his dad. I was so exhausted. I was so over it. I was so drained. And postpartum was even harder. I had a fourth degree laceration. I had an episiotomy and the recovery was brutal. Like I was I, nobody educated me. Like I left the hospital. I didn't get any education on how to care for myself. And so now how this this experience really shaped like when I get my patients I try to explain to them as much as possible like this is what it's gonna be especially when I know that they haven't done any birthing classes they don't have a support person like a doula or anything there I really try to explain everything to the T what to expect even postpartum stuff like after we deliver I try to explain and give quick educational tips so that when you go upstairs, when I transfer you, this is what's going to happen. You're probably going to need your painkillers every six hours. You have to move around. If it was a C-section, you know what I mean? Try to get up out of bed as, as soon as you can. Move around is very important. Just little tips. I even like you could take a pad. You could put some witch hazel on there. Put it in the fridge. Like I Now I'm just more, I try to educate them as much as possible. This is why education has become like key to me. It's my passion. And so me not remembering my labor, I don't want any woman to experience that just because they didn't prepare. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And now I'm very, it's taught me to be very patient as well with my patients because my nurse wasn't very patient with me. She was like, come on, get up, walk, let's go. And I'm like, but I can't. She's like, come on, come on, let's go. But I can't. So no, that alone, it always brings me back to a place of being patient with my patients. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your birth experience. It's, it's helpful to hear, you know, what, how you felt going into it, during it, and kind of before, you know, before becoming an L&D nurse and, and a doula and having all the knowledge you do now. Mm -hmm. um, 
And yeah, because you mentioned, it was great to hear you saying how now you, with educating uh, your patients afterwards. So typically, what do you find um, is the education given, uh, like standard education given where you are uh, once someone is discharged home after giving birth, whether vaginal birth or a cesarean birth? So I don't really work with, I work on the labor and delivery unit. I don't work on the postpartum unit. So I don't know exactly like what's being taught, but I know like as a labor nurse and what's taught is, oh, just use this little spray bottle. You spray right here. You use it when you pee. You, you use an ice pack for the first 24 hours. Um, so yeah, as a labor and delivery nurse, you just give the basics of what you're going to need in order to survive maybe the first day after postpartum. Take your painkillers, use a spray bottle, and use an ice pack, basically. Yeah. Watch mm-hmm. your bleeding. Yeah. Yeah, and it's great now that with all the other, the doula knowledge and everything else, how much mm-hmm. more um, that you can share and individualize for the, the patients you're seeing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then with having gone through, so you went through the bump to birth course, which is mm-hmm. my online course. It's step-by-step guiding you how to prepare your public floor and court for birth and get a head start in your postpartum recovery. And so I'm wondering, you know, you took it because you wanted to be able to give your clients more information around that. And you mentioned you had a fourth degree tear in episiotomy and that you didn't have any of this information. So what do you find now that you know that you kind of pass along to your clients, whether, you know, ahead of time in pregnancy or after they've given birth? Yeah. So your course was very, very helpful. Um, I just, I never knew about the pelvic floor. I knew nothing basically, except like maybe basic anatomy. And so I realized that, you know what, a lot of women tear, I probably should educate myself. There's a lot of swelling after, um, whatever issues may be after. And so I just really wanted to expand my knowledge. And so when I took a course, it helped me to help my clients with positioning during pregnancy right and how they could help to relieve um some of that ligament pain that women usually have during pregnancy so that was very helpful um it was very helpful knowing how to use the the birthing ball after um delivery and just like personally i didn't even know that you could use the birthing ball after delivery to help (laughs) you know what i mean so that was very helpful now i tell my clients um like even perineal massage during pregnancy and how that helps to prepare your floor, um, the pelvic floor for labor. And I learned a lot about Kegels, whether or not you should be practicing it um, for labor. So that was very helpful. Your course taught me a lot, even as a nurse who does labor and delivery. Like it's very, very educational and I would definitely advise people to take your course. That's great. I'm so glad that you took all that away. And I was curious too, yeah, because as a labor and delivery nurse, and then also with your doula training, did they mention much about the pelvic floor at all, you know, whether related specifically to birth or pregnancy or postpartum? So it's just, it's just touched on um, as a doula. Uh, it's, 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 it's talked about but your course is very in-depth you know what I mean like it's specifically for that it's not just browsed over so that was very very helpful it's like basic knowledge that was given in the doula course but you got really into the nitty-gritty and the details of it 
So that was very, very helpful. Um, as a labor nurse, like I said, it's just anatomy and, phys- and physiology. And honestly, on your exam, they're not going to ask you about the pelvic floor. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's no focus on the pelvic floor. So nursing school did not help with that. Thank you, Anita. <laughs> No, I'm glad that that uh, that it was helpful because I do hear that from others as well in um, in the birthing world. And it's just you realize how much the pelvic floor and it's not I always talk to people about it's not just about the pelvic floor, but you realize how it's associated with so many things regarding birth um, and postpartum and pregnancy and how helpful it is to know about it. So I'm so glad you're passing that along to your clients. I know they appreciate that along with all the other expertise that you share with them. And so I'm wondering, can you share, I know it's going to be hard to narrow it down to three tips, but can you um, share three tips you would have for pregnant people when it comes to preparing for birth? All right. So my top three tips. Um, first, I would just say, know, knowing that you should know that the pain or the sensations associated with labor is not harmful. Like it's transformational pain, it's transformational sensations. And while it might be difficult in that moment, just know that it's going to pass and you should just approach it with openness because that's how you get your body to open up and that's how you get to meet your baby. Like the more accepting you are of the experience, the easier it will be. Like it might be very difficult in that moment, but it's actually helping you. And so just change your point of view on pain and what pain is. So, you know, normally pain is something that's going to harm us, but I just want people to understand that when it comes to childbirth and labor, it's actually good and it's going to help you to meet your baby and just be open to that um, or open to those sensations. Um, My second tip would be to work on clearing your fears about childbirth is very, very important for you to do that groundwork before you walk into labor, before you walk into your delivery room or you're delivering at home, whatever it is, just work on clearing your fears and just be open to, to um, creating your own story about childbirth. Like every experience is different. No two person will have the same experience, right? So even though you might be taking advice from people and you might be hearing people's story, just don't hold on to those stories as your own, right? But just be open to creating your own unique journey and writing your own story. And then my third advice would be when it comes to birth plans, um, I always tell my clients have three birth plans, right? So plan A is going to be your ideal birth, like nothing is going to deviate. This is how I want my baby's birthday to happen, right? This is the perfect world. And then plan B is a birth plan where something deviates from the ideal, but it's still okay. It's still fine. You can still work with this. And then your plan C is going to be something that you really don't want to happen during childbirth. So when you have your plan C, what it does, or your plan B, what it does, it helps you to think about different scenarios and be not open to them, but know that you have a plan like you've thought about it, right? So when, so if or when it does happen, it's just not something new to you. You already thought about like how you're going to approach this. And so you're not walking into that from a place of fear but knowing that okay it's not what I wanted it's not my plan a 
but I also have a plan for this. Ah, I love those. And if you're listening to this, you're going to want to, once this is done, you're going to want to rewind and listen to those three again, because those are such helpful tips if you're pregnant and, you know, preparing for birth. And I think it circles back to everything you mentioned that kind of the key points of, you know, be educated to be prepared. And that's going to allow you to then be in the moment when you're actually in labor. Um, so I love those tips. Those are fantastic. And so I know people are going to want to find out, you know, how can they work with you because you have your mindfulness program, you've got your childbirth, um, online class and you have your virtual do the work. So let everyone know how, how they can connect and work with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a website is www.birthingnoir.com. You can go on there. You can find all the information that you need about my programs, my childbirth education course, and my virtual doula services. Um, you could also just email me at birthingnoir at gmail. And I'm on Instagram, birthing underscore noir. All right. And noir is spelled N-O-I-R-E. Amazing. And I was wondering if you could speak a bit more about your mindfulness program, because it is really unique and different. There's not many like this out there, if any. Um, So can you share a bit more kind of like what the program looks like and, you know, how people can enroll and, and what it would look like leading up to birth? Yeah. So my mindfulness program is for seven weeks. It's seven weeks long. And um, to begin with, we do like an interview, right? And we try to figure out if we're a good fit for each other before I take you on as a client because I'm not for everybody, right? You have to be able to put the work in. You have to be open to different practices, like I said, such as yoga and meditation in order for you to get the full benefits of the program, right? Um Like I said, it's seven weeks. We explore your fears. um, We work through them. We help to build confidence. So once you acknowledge your fear, then we start building and increasing your confidence towards childbirth and pregnancy and your postpartum period. And we just tap into inner resources that are within you already for you to get through this time that may be difficult, right? Um, We use the breath as an anchor for labor we work on breathing techniques and working with the breath and then when it comes to postpartum we talk about using your baby now as your mindfulness teacher right um during the program we build a birth plan um i send affirmations monday through friday um weekly virtual calls and you also get an assignment with the program so you get assignments that help you to build the mindfulness practice throughout the week so it's like from week one you're building up to week seven so that you will be ready you'll be prepared you have the confidence that you need to approach childbirth and postpartum Wonderful. I know there's going to be a lot of people excited to look into that. So we'll make sure that all the links are in the show notes that they can connect with you. And yeah, thank you so much, Mitt, for being on the podcast and sharing your expertise in all of these areas. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 